Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we are speaking to Hazem Molam, who is the founder and CEO of EastNets. Um, Hazem has had an incredible life journey that we're going to be walking through a little bit, but also has built a fabulous fintech company that plays a really critical role in keeping keeping our money safe and our money systems safe. And so we'll talk about how that that's working today. Hazem, it's great to have you on the show. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, uh, it's a pleasure to be with you and uh, hopefully... Great. Well, well, listen, Hazem, let's just jump right into the first question. I'd love to know a little bit about your background and, and your career. Yeah, myself, I'm, uh, I have studied uh, engineering and uh, mainly medical electronics. I was all the time, you know, hoping to become a doctor myself, but I failed, you know, because to become a doctor, you need uh, to be challenged with very high grades. So I studied medical electronics where, you know, you combine technology with medicine. And uh, uh, while, you know, working with medical electronics, my first career was with Siemens, I realized the importance of software. And this is where I moved from Kuwait uh, after working with Siemens. I went to Orlando, Florida. Not that I worked in Epcot Center, because that was just the beginning in 1982, but uh, I worked in a technology company in Orlando, Florida, and being there next to the source of technology, those Cape of Cape Canaveral and Cape Kennedy. And this is where, you know, I started, uh, uh, you know, transforming more into the software development and the computers. And, and back in the 80s, but just the beginning, you know, with the IBM and Microsoft and with the Apple. And this is where, you know, I started building all my uh, love and uh, passion to the computer industry, where I returned back to Jordan and I started my first street level shop. You know, I just wanted to imitate computer land in the US and the radio shacks. So at least the Jordanians can benefit out of this. And this is how I started uh, my career. And I started my, my office, uh, the company today. I started it back in 1982 as an entrepreneur. That's amazing. I mean, I, 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 you know, you just said computer land. And I, I remember my family buying our first um, IBM PC from computer land uh, that is a it's one of those companies that played such a such a critical role in that early phase and so I can completely see how you would want to bring that to to Jordan and and to to the Middle East but I mean obviously EastNets has evolved tremendously over the years and um, it'd be great to hear what's the latest with EastNets and how how the company is evolving and uh, in moving into the world of artificial intelligence. Yeah, actually, uh, uh, the journey has been uh, a 
long journey, but it has been a rewarding journey. Because, you know, when I came back to this part of the world, I started, you know, with the street level shops. I wanted the people, you know, to walk into computer shops and to engage. So like this, you know, we could spread the knowledge and the computer knowledge. And I recall between 84 until 1990, uh, I started, you know, with uh, something like the edge tournament. You know, it was the, uh, the Arabic apple that was developed in our part of the world. It was called Safra. And we managed to sell 10,000 computers, you know, in Jordan. And this is actually for a small country. You're talking that you can address around 50,000 people. Then, you know, the war that broke, you know, the Gulf War, the first Gulf War, where Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait and it was, you know, a tsunami in our part of the world. And I lost my business and I became broke. And this is where, you know, all that time after the, the, the war, I wanted to come up with something new and not depend anymore on hardware. And this is where I started with the added value services. So the second evolution in, 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 uh, in our journey at Eastnet, you know, where I became a business partner for SWIFT. And, you know, SWIFT is an entity that, you know, uh, connects all the banks globally. So I became their business partner in the Middle East. And this helped me, you know, to put lots of countries uh, on the financial network. And this helped, you know, with the financial inclusion. So poor countries, you know, could benefit from being part of the global financial industry. And this is the, that was the second phase. And the third phase in, in, uh, in our evolution as a company, <clears throat> where, you know, I raised capital and I acquired a company out of Belgium and in Europe. And like this, you know, from Jordan to the Middle East, then became European and global. And by acquiring that company, we started developing anti-money laundering software, which is a compliance software. And of course, you know, when you start developing compliance software and you become the owner of IP, the sky is the limit because, you know, Technology continues to transform, software evolves, and regulations evolve. So it's a transformational business. So today, we have a global footprint rather than just a Middle Eastern uh, footprint or a Jordanian footprint. We are serving almost 700 banks globally, from Japan north to Brazil south. So, And we are you know, happy and proud to have this because you know, we are working in combating financial terrorism and, and this is something you know to add to our journey it's an incredible uh shift and uh it's it sounds um almost strange to say that things like swift didn't exist everywhere now i mean because now it's such a common thing and and certainly that was a, a critical building block but then shifting it now to today where we're moving into new systems, new challenges, um, managing, managing solutions that um, can stop money laundering and support uh, cyber crime or you know, any, form of, uh, any form of financial crime is extremely valuable. So um, tell me a little bit more about some of the, the, the specific focus areas that you, you and Eastnets are, are seeing as critical today. Uh, of course, you know, uh, we are in a transformational business and uh, uh, with the COVID-19 uh, that struck globally, it is not only related to 
health issues. It's also related to social impact and to the businesses. And of course, because, you know, lots of people started working from home and lots of uh, industries, they had to migrate from being, you know, at their enterprises or at their offices, and they started working from home. So, you know, the whole uh, paradigm had that, uh, a shift. And, and this shift, of course, is not only the people that are working from home with the enterprises. So, of course, we had to transform our businesses. We had to start working on uh, something that is resilient. We had to work you know, on something that is uh, available to everybody. And this is where we transformed our business into the cloud computing, into having better reach. But also, at the same time, we kept our eyes on the ball because you know, uh, money laundering started to become more hackers uh, became more aggressive uh, and the fraud also had risen high so you know we at eastnets you know during these times although you know we transformed our business to meet the new technological requirements uh, thanks to covid but at the same time we were keeping our eye also on the ball that is related you know to combating fraud and financial crime so this is you know how we're doing it but of course it's not only, you know, migrating to cloud or having a cloud native. Also, you know, we are utilizing artificial intelligence because with the machine learning, so like this, you know, we can reduce uh, uh, the time to go to market for, for, for the banks. Uh, with the blockchain, we are having, for example, a better uh, uh, data uh, to the banks. So like this, you know, the bankers, they can have immediate data in a shorter time. So, you know, we are using all these new trends in technology, even during the COVID. So like this, you know, we can serve our community and our customers uh, to the best. Hazem, you know, one of the things that clearly you've had an incredible career and anyone who shifted from uh, selling computers at retail to uh, launching Swift around the world to building up money laundering software systems to now taking those systems and in, into the next next era has seen a lot of different changes. How, how have you been able to stay ahead of those changes and, and what, what, what learnings can you provide others with, with that could help? I, I hear you have a, a book coming out. Probably it's all in the book, correct? Yeah, <laughs> it's all going to be in the book, but at least you know, there is a, a proverb that I've learned when I first came to Dubai. And this proverb is by, by an American uh, uh, guy. I, I even forgot the name now. Yeah? And, and I remember you know, when I came to Dubai and I was sitting in a meeting room waiting for uh, uh, the, the chief operating officer at the time of the bank to meet me. And I read, you know, this proverb, it said, you know, when a man's mind grows, it never goes back to its original size. So what I'm trying to say here that, you know, if you are really, you know, working and you want really to grow and to evolve, you have all the time, you know, to learn more, to acquire knowledge and to be open to changes. Because, you know, uh, if you are just limiting yourself to one thing, yeah, you will be always stuck in this little box. But if you just keep it, you know, uh, wide open and you are accepting new ideas, you are taking new challenges, you are keeping, you know, uh, yourself, you know, all, uh, well, well-rounded, 
And this is how we learn. And this is why, you know, in, in certain books, like there's a recent book called The Phoenix Encounter, uh, it just shows about the leaders, how they should be looking, you know, at 50,000 feet, 500 or 50 feet and five feet. And the, the 50,000 feet, that is they have to scout, you know, the horizon. They have to keep, you know, their eye on the horizon on what's coming new. So like this, you know, they are not the, but then also, they have to go to the 50 uh, feet level. So like this, they live the operational part. And then, you know, they have to go to the five feet level so they can reflect it on themselves. Otherwise, you know, if they just stay at one altitude, you know, they will have this altitude sickness and then they will not know what's going on. So this is why, you know, uh, our or my personal evolution, it's not only, you know, with my self efforts, of course, the team, I have the, the, the colleagues who are around me. I have them. Uh, they've been working with me. They give me the feedback. We have, you know, the sound uh, uh, exchanges. But of course, you know, being a leader, I can tell them this is what I'm going to be doing, and then we take it from there. So this is my the, 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 the takeaway. One of the things that really resonates with me is that that message that you just outlined, which is the. 50,000, the 5,000, and the, the 50 feet, because uh, I think that's a really, really good point, a point of view to have and, and, and something that uh, entrepreneurs and other business leaders can really relate to, which is that if you don't stay close to that 50 feet level, you, you forget what that's like, you know? So somehow you have to remind yourself that you have to do that at the same time of having a grander vision. So I think that's, that's very, very good sound, sound counsel. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about um, over the, 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 the last year, certainly it sounds like your business has shifted and changed again, but uh, how, has, how has the pandemic been for you and, and your, your family and friends? And how, how, are, how are you staying sane during this complicated time? Yeah, actually, it's uh, the pandemic. It's uh, it's not only a personal challenge. Yeah? The pandemic it came, you know, and it was a big avalanche to everybody. Although you know, some could see it coming, some you know uh, was lazing around, and uh, somebody was in denial. But you know, this avalanche, you know, it hit us really hard. Because again, you know, I repeat, it has hit us not only from a health-wise, but also it has hit us socially. It has hit us in business, and and, and uh, personally, you know, what we first did at the company uh, at Eastnets, you know, I had my colleagues, and we had to make a very quick decision, and this quick decision was more or less related to our lives and to our livelihood our lives that we have, you know, to protect ourselves. And this is where we took, you know, the decision that we want to work all from home. So like this, you know, we can take care of ourselves. And then, you know, we wanted not only our lives, but also our livelihood, because we wanted to continue our business. And this is where, thanks, you know, to the uh, cloud computing and to the Zoom and all the other technologies, we could immediately uh, use the latest technology to, co you know, to, to collaborate and then, you know, to continue our business. So, you know, the decisions that was taking care of our lives and our livelihood were very important, you know, to help us carry on. Of course, you know, 
uh, like everybody else, we have these moments that, okay, I'm stuck at home, I'm bored, I'm sitting all the time in front of uh, the screen. And really, you know, you will end up, you know, needing and, 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 and needing to see somebody, to talk to somebody. Okay, I have my family I love, but you know, my end of the day, <laughs> <laughs> there is a limit up and that's it, yeah. So, so you know, I thought uh, it was quite an experience. But again, if anybody wants just to go outside the box, there are lots of things. You know, I I have spent the whole last year reading. I managed to read eighteen books. Uh, I wrote my book, which I just finished. Now I'm going to be uh, sending it to publishers to publish it. It's about my memoir, my professional journey, etc. And also, you know, I have engaged more into sports because uh, this was the only thing to keep us sane. And naturally, you know, we have to send with my colleagues all the time positive messages because we do have young people, we do have new employees joining us, we do have uh, interns that are using, you know, our our kind of work. So we have to continue. Uh, communicating with everybody because I thought communication was very important in these dire times. So this was uh, uh, the year of uh, 2020. And yeah. how it no, and, and I, I think that transition to a remote work structure clearly uh, sounds like you made the most of the time, which is spectacular. Now that we're coming out of the pandemic in, I wouldn't say we're out of it yet, but let's say over the next, let's say year, uh, next, let's say the rest of this year, uh, it seems like things are opening up slowly uh, around the world. Um, how, how, do you, how do you see the future? What's, what, what's your perspective on how things are going to evolve over the next 18 months? Yeah, uh, the most important part, you know, that everybody, each one of us, you know, who has this level of culture and education, we have to really to act as a force for good. And when we say we want to act for a force for good, you know, we have to carry the proper message. We have, you know, to explain to everybody that, you know, their vaccination is important to continue with the hygienic way of life and to continue all of these things. Because, you know, by the end of the day, after being locked in this COVID cave for the last uh, 16 months, and we're going to go now out of the COVID cave, you know, we don't have to come up, you know, like, uh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's very important that, you know, when we go out, we go back, you know, to the normal life. We are strong, we are healthy, and we have to spread also the health and the mentality of health to everybody. So how how life is going to look like? Uh, I see, you know, that uh, we are working from home and there are people who have really uh, uh, geared their life towards working from home and even offices. Although I've seen even today uh, in, in financial times that the banks in the U.S., they want to go back immediately to work with full fledged. Meanwhile, in Europe, they are not seeing that. They're seeing, you know, okay, we're going to work 50 50 or we're going to have three days and two days. We have to make sure that uh, our employees are comfortable with any new decision we're going to be having it. Because also, again, we have to be careful about their health and about their well being and how we're going to take it uh, forward. Uh, so there's going to be a balance between full time and everybody at the office, or we're going to be having this. 
Now, globally, how is this going to look like? Of course, you know, I wish uh, uh, everybody health uh, because, you know, having, you know, a healthy uh, humanity, let's put it this way, we will have better economies, we will have better transport, we will have a better life, and we can reflect that on our livelihood. So, so this is how, how it's going to be, uh, hopefully, you know, soon, because we are seeing, you know, the rate of vaccinations going up, and it's important to have it uh, uh, as early as possible, wherever it's possible. I think that's a very positive message, Hazem, and, and I, I, I think that I'm hopeful that you are right, that all of those things happen and that people are sensible. Um, we'll see how, how the, the next phase goes, but I'm very, very happy that we were able to talk today. Um, uh, we've been interviewing uh, Hazem Malim, who is the founder and CEO of Eastnets. Uh, Eastnets uh, is really a pioneer and leader in the world of cybercrime, money laundering management, and all of the technologies that really allow and help us uh, deal with all of those challenges. Uh, Hazem, if people wanted to connect with you and Eastnets, where should they where should they find you? I am uh, on LinkedIn uh, under name Hazem Mulham, and uh, I answer all the questions anytime. And with pleasure, of course. Well, listen, Hazem, it's wonderful to talk to you. Thank you so much for the time today. And we look forward to seeing how the, the next chapter of Eastnet's evolved. And most importantly, we're very excited about your book. So tell, you'll have to tell everyone uh, when, when we can expect that in the market. Is that this year, later yeah. this year? No, this year, within the next three months. And it's under the title, Two Brown Envelopes. So, you know. I, I, I look forward that I'll share it to everybody and it's going to be on Amazon and uh, this title, Two Brown Envelopes, it has, you know, how to struggle setbacks, bounce, bounce back from failure and build a global business. So this is the story of my book. I love it. Two Brown Envelopes. And so that will be out this summer. It'll be a good summer reading. So thank you so much, Hazem, for being on the show today. And we look thank forward you. to talking again in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye.